Welcome to Happy House Families Podcast with your hosts, Morgan and Sandy. We are here to be an easy resource for families on the go and who aspire to create more joy within their families. Morgan is a special education teacher with a master's in education. Sandy is a consultant who also has her master's in education and has worked with families for over 20 years. Both of your hosts have a vast experience working with neurotypical and neurodiverse children. Welcome to the show. This is Happy House Families. This is Sandy. And this is Morgan. And today we are going to continue with our ADHD consortium. Look at that fancy word. That is a fancy word. Um, I don't know if it really is that, but I just wanted to use that word. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it is fancy. I like it. Uh, we're going to talk about accommodations at school and in the workplace. Woohoo! I like this. Okay. So, what do you think? is the top five critical things well first uh it's probably more than five yes (laughs) there's a million sandy no um but first is making sure that they have the right supports and that Mm -hmm. that is kind of taken care of legally so if your child is diagnosed with adhd you need to make sure you turn in that paperwork to the school and get a something that's called a 504 plan just so it's on record that they have that. If you suspect that your kid may have ADHD, um, you can request an evaluation at school. So those two, those are the first two things that you really need to do. So um, you need to come together and the teacher with the teachers and usually an administrator and talk about a plan. If mm-hmm. your kid uh, has an IEP, an individualized education program, then that should already be spelled out for them in in there and that follows them wherever they go i'm speaking uh about public school kids but um because i know private school it tends to be a little bit different but if you have an iep that's a legal document same with the 504 plan and if you change schools change cities it doesn't matter it follows them wherever they go and the school has to provide the what they need whether that's it be right, a service accommodations. accommodations modifications all mm-hmm. that jazz okay perfect that's really really important to talk about okay so that is important. I have some other practical ideas for being in the classroom mm-hmm. where the kids or even at home. So one of the things that we've talked about in the previous podcast is with ADHD, you need to have a consistent positive feedback loop and it needs to be something external. So that could be making sure that you are checking in with the person, the child with ADHD with conversation or playing some kind of game or just making sure that they are that they haven't been distracted with a thought or something externally making sure that you keep them positive that you have a positive consistent positive feedback loop to keep them focused uh, one of the things that does work is using like a timer a clock so if they have to do something sometimes it's idea of like oh my gosh how long is this going to take or how long am I going to be doing this but if they see a timer that they have to get a certain activity done I make it into a game called beat the clock that they have to do whatever it is getting ready for school before the timer goes off then you're also making it fun for them too so I like to gamify things yeah that's a great idea for everyone I don't care who you are or how old you are like if you can gamify it let's do that because life should be fun right so whatever you can gamify do that because that will obviously can you know create a consistent positive feedback loop Um, and another thing that I do with the kids is I write social stories for them and I really basically think they're basically mantras Um, and so you can create mantras like I can do this 
Um, so having that positive mindset for kids is very positive. It helps them go through life. Yeah. And um, I worked with this one child so many years ago, and now he is 18 years old. Aww. He's 18 years old. Okay, yeah. so I'm just like, I'm like, I cannot believe he's 18 years old. Anyways, so I was told by his family that the social stories, the, you know, I talked to his mom about it, that they're, they basically are mantras. He still uses them at this age. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes, he has not let them go. Even though he lives in a whole different state and everything, he still uses the mantras that we worked on while he was here when he was younger. It's amazing. Early intervention. I mean, the earlier you get in there, I mean, it just becomes ingrained. It's like muscle memory. Exactly. Totally. So he still uses these mantras. So he he will still say, I can do this. I can do this. And then it's been just life-changing which is amazing I know right these like little things actually end up being really big things um and of course meditation is really good just to train the brain to quiet down Mm -hmm. and just to have that space and I will be honest for me it's been an interesting journey for meditation because I do have a mind that will wander that will wander we all do though yes exactly you know and I'll be like who am I seeing tomorrow do I have everything ready did I Xerox what I needed blah blah you know so just having the meditation is important so practicing with your child is a good idea and there's also different apps that you can download that will instruct you how to do it with timers with the with the gongs of like they have one specifically for kids too exactly that kind of makes it it's actually I've done a couple of them they're kind of like games almost like okay you're lifting yourself up and now you're like are you a melting snowman and (laughs) that sort of stuff and so it kind of makes it fun and it's not so much as like the adult ones exactly focus on your breathing you know it makes it a little bit more kid friendly that's perfect I love that and also remember if you are working with someone with ADHD that they need to have breaks so um, there is this one idea of like working for 10 minutes, having a three minute break, working for 10 minutes, having a three minute break. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be that strict, but making sure that they are getting breaks so that they can refocus is important. Um, one thing about breaks I want to say mm-hmm. is that, um, if any teachers are listening to this, a great, uh, website to use for breaks is called go noodle. You can use this at home too. It's yeah. free to sign up. You just need to do the email thing and they just have, you don't have to worry about what's on there cause it's all been vetted. It's kid friendly and they have all different types of things from, uh, kids bop to Zumba to mindfulness to workout, like intense ones, PE kind of training, oh, wow. all different types of stuff. And so those are good three to five minute little breaks exactly. too, that are interactive. That's right. And the reason why these breaks are important is they need the time to refuel their tank. So mm-hmm. that's why we're doing it. So it's okay. It's okay to have breaks. We don't want to look at having breaks as in air quotes, a failure Mm -hmm. or inability to, um, you know, that you're smart or anything like that. You just need to have that break just to refuel. And I love your whole go noodle thing. We've done that before in in the groups. Oh yeah. That's right. Yes. And then, um, routine exercise is so important for everybody under the sun. Again, I don't care if you have a heartbeat routine exercise. Yeah, I know. I know. We're all trying to get better. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. So those are my kind of like quick, um, you know, modifications that you can use as well as once again, you know, the kick bands on the chairs mm-hmm. like sitting on the yoga balls, uh, weighted blankets and any kind of squishy toy. 
And if you need to, or even just do it, remember how we would have kids do like push ups uh, against the wall? Yeah. And then say, okay. Morgan and I had an ADHD group before, and then we would have these um, breaks where we would have them do push-ups and push-ups against the wall and all these different things just to help them reorganize and refuel. Yes. And we just turned it into a game. Yeah. So don't make any of this into a punishment. Do not frame this as like, oh, you're not focused. Now you have to go do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Like we want to make sure that everything is presented in a fun, positive way because uh, we want to make sure... This is true for everyone. If you're happy, you're just going to be more open to receiving whatever it is. Uh, When I work with kids, I'm always looking to see, are they available to learn? And the best way to be available to learn is to make sure that you are happy. Yes. Right? So um, make sure that you're not using any of these techniques that we're talking about in any kind of negative or punitive way. Because I have seen... um, you know, go do your push-ups now because you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, and then it becomes like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm doing something wrong, and then it just becomes. Then you have a child who's not available to learn. Then. Yeah. So. Um, and I also want to give a couple more pointers on the school front. Uh, yes. Do you that. need to be your kid's advocate. Um, so one thing I. As a teacher, I it, you should work together. Parents and teachers should work together because you probably have some strategies in the classroom that are good and parents have some strategies at home that are good and so you guys can support each other, encourage each other, and there could be cooperation. Um, it's always incredibly discouraging when you're trying a bunch of things and the parent just uh, isn't available or isn't cooperating the same way. And so it, it shouldn't be one pinned against the other. We need to look at it more as a team and partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, a big thing for people with ADHD is extra time on tests. Yes. And it'll say that in their paperwork and make sure that the school is following through on that because that is a big one. I worked with a kid who they would put the test right before recess and then he had to finish by that time. And then he would told me, he's like, I just want to get outside and go to recess and it had to be done at that time. But when you look over his plan, that's not what should have been happening. And exactly. so he was doing way, he wasn't doing well on the test because all he wanted to do was go outside and play. And he what yes. they were he wasn't getting enough time to finish. Exactly. He was not being set up for success. Exactly. So a lot of this is just helping these little tweaks um, extra time and also specific instruction on organization and so that's something that you can do with the whole class so these are just a few tips and tools you can use in the classroom and at home to just help set up your child for success that's right and if you have any other ideas please let us know what they are what has worked for you and once again if you have any questions comments or if they are something you would like for us to answer please email us at happyhousefamilies at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. To contact Sandy and Morgan, check out happyhousefamilies.com or email at happyhousefamilies at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out their Facebook page to join the community. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate us. It helps the show be discovered more easily and help more people.